Hello, good evening, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in again as we continue our study on the book of Revelations. Uh, let's just quickly say a word of prayer before we go ahead. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity again to study your word together. We ask that you open our hearts, open our minds to see the spirit behind these letters in the name of Jesus. And when the trumpet sound, Father, Lord, help us to be rapturable in Jesus' name. Jesus name of prayer. Amen. Okay, thank you, thank you. So this is part eight of our study. And we the last episode we talked, we finished the uh, from trumpets one to six. So we did a sixth trumpet uh, on the last episode. Um, so um, we've established actually that all these things are happening after the, the rapture. And also, just to as a form of reminder, the architecture of the book of Revelation is such that uh, when you talk about the seals one to six, uh, out of the seven seals, after the sixth seal, there's going to be a pause or a break or a change of subject. And we'll talk about the seventh seal. Uh, also, at the trumpets as well, we finished talking about the sixth trumpets in chapter nine. And we're supposed to go to the seventh trumpet. But there's a change of subject, a change of topic, uh, and this one is about five chapters long. So from chapters 10 to 14, uh, we're going to be talking, is a, is a whole change of topic, is a parenthesis before we go to uh, the seventh trumpet. So this is very, 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 very uh, worthy of note so that we don't get confused when we read the, uh, the book of Revelation. Amen. Okay, so uh, let's go. Let's go straight. Uh, chapter ten, verse one. I'm reading the contemporary English version. I saw another powerful angel come down from heaven. This one was covered with a cloud and a rainbow, and the rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun, and his legs were like columns of fire. Number one, uh, the three things that i mean about four things that this this book talks about uh the uh, the the whole chapters 10 and in heaven I, I hope we'll be able to do those two chapters today but if not let maybe we'll just focus on chapter 10. chapter 10 is divided into two chapter 10 talks about the little book and the seven thunders chapter 11 talks about the temple and the two witnesses and these these are very um significant to our study so let, let's just go let's let's just go um let's go ahead um but let's let's try and understand let's see who this angel is uh the angel we just uh, that was described in verse one uh, it clouds um rainbow sun feet lion lion talk the, the uh those are that's under quality what that was in verse three um Revelations 1 7, Acts 1 9 uh, talks about Jesus being covered with, 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 uh, with, with clouds, several other verses in the Old Testament. Um, so, we, some schools of thought believe that this particular angel could be a representative of Christ um, because uh, Christ appeared to John and he recognized him as Christ. Uh, so, some that's what people could say, okay, some have suggested it could be Gabriel. Uh, whose name means strength, uh, or Archangel Michael, whose name who, whose name means who is like God. So, boy, they represent a foreshadow of Jesus. So each of those things—cloud, rainbow, sun, um, 
uh, feet, lion. Each of these descriptions have several, several passages in the scriptures uh, to support whoever this is as a representative of Christ. So let's go on. Verse 2, chapter 10, chapter 10, verse 2. And with the right hand, he held a little scroll that had been unrolled. He stood there with his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. Then he shouted with a loud voice that thundered, that sounded like a growing, growling lion. Thunder rolled seven times. Okay, let's examine the seven thunders now. This is the seven thunder, uh, seven thunders in in chapter three. I mean, verse three, chapter ten, verse three. So, verse four now. After the thunder stopped, I was about to write what it has said, but a voice from heaven shouted, "Keep it secret." Don't write these things. Let me read from KGV. Those verses, those verses, verses three and four. KGV says, and verse three, and cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roared. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, "Seal up those things." which the seven thunders uttered and write them not why will god why will john even write this i mean you knew what the thunders were saying you wanted to write it up and the angel said you should not write it then why should i mention it (laughs) we just gave us he gave us two thousand years of speculation and people have been saying oh this could be it this could be that this could be so Two things from my own personal opinion. I believe that God, um, if God wanted us to know what the thunder said, doesn't cost him anything to ask John to write them down. So, those people claiming they know one truth, they just got one revelation, one deep rema just came about what the seven thunders said. I think it's a lie. In my opinion, I think it's a lie. If God wanted us to know, he would have shown us. So there's some things that God has not has not probably there's some things God is rolling up his sleeves for the end time. We don't know what's going to happen at that time. Um, so those, God has some things up his sleeves that is going to show at that time, including these seven thunders. And if you remember at the beginning of the study, we agreed that um, this is one of the most documented period in the history of man. Every bit of it had been documented. However, this particular one, um, the God said, John should keep it a secret. So another, so that, that's 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 what, what are some of the things I, I feel about the seven thunders. So um, so a lot of things can happen at that time that we don't know that we, nobody knows and just going to be a surprise to the whole world. Who knows if this COVID. Um, thing is one of it although all these things all the things we're reading about seven thunders seven lightnings they are they are actually after rapture so god is sovereign is god we are just trying as much as possible to use our human uh, brain and how much of study of our human study to try and interpret some of these things so let's go to verse five the angel okay i've read verse four yeah Verse 5, the angel I had seen standing on the sea and the land, then held his right hand towards heaven, 
and made a promise in the name of God who lives forever, who created heaven and earth and the sea and every living creature. The angel said, you won't have to wait any longer. Meaning, you won't have to wait any longer. Meaning, the time of repentance for these guys is over. If we, by the time we get to the seven bowls of God's wrath, you understand that it's just from one bad thing to another bad thing to another bad thing. Remember when the Martha cried unto God um, in chapter 6, that's the fifth seal, cried unto God for vengeance, um, and God told them that wait till a particular time, wait till the, your, your fellow servant had been killed. And then vengeance will come. So this is the time of vengeance now. The time of repentance is over. Verse 7 now. Chapter 10, verse 7. God told his secret plans to his servants, the prophets. And it will all happen by the time the seventh angel sounds his trumpet. Well, self-explanatory. So let's go to verse 8, verse 8 chapter 10. Once again, the voice from heaven spoke with me and said, Go and take the open scroll from the hand of the angel standing by the sea and the land. When I went over to ask the angel for the little scroll, the angel said, Take the scroll and eat it. Your stomach will turn sour, but it will taste, but the taste in your mouth will be as sweet as honey. Okay, so cross-referencing this, is Ezekiel chapters 2 and 3. Ezekiel chapters 2 and 3. John was to eat the scroll. Um, is a figurative expression of, of mastering the contents. And those are the prophecies that came out uh, from chapters 12 to 22, like the second half of this book. So same as Christians nowadays, it is not just enough to read the scriptures. We have to eat the scriptures, divulge the scriptures, assimilate the word, understand it. Uh, so please, in your personal study, you can just go to Ezekiel chapters 2 and 3 to, to um, cross-reference this and also get deeper meanings today. So let's go on um, verse 11, chapter 10, verse 11, Revelations. There's some, some voices said, Keep on telling what will happen to the people of many nations, races, and languages, and also to the kings. So this vision appears um, designed to impress upon John that with the sounding of the seven trumpets, his work will not be over. And indeed, in chapters 12 to 22, we shall see that the revelation of God's judgment against the pagan Rome and ultimately the world so um, we shall see all those um, and that's the end of chapter uh, chapter 11, chapter 10 uh, we should go to chapter 11 I'm sorry that's not the end of chapter 10 let's just quickly finish chapter 10 that's just majorly in, in, in chapter 10 but we'll go to the temple now um, okay so verse 7 Revelation 10 verse 7 but in the so I'm, I'm actually reading um, NIV verse of, of that verse seven now. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound the mystery of God will be 
But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. So the mystery of God is actually coming to pass um, uh, when, when the seventh trumpet is going to happen. And that is when the bows of God's wrath um, are going to be um, 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 unleashed upon the earth so and i love what the, the king uh, the niv says here the mysteries of god so what are the mysteries of god let's quickly look at it what are the mysteries of god and i put seven mysteries of god down here number one the mystery of the kingdom of heaven and that's that's found in matthew 13 verse 1 um matthew 13 verse 1 let's quickly read that uh, okay Matthew 13 1 uh. Okay, so the seven mysteries um, of God. Uh, so number one, the mystery of the kingdom of heaven, and that's Matthew 13, verse 11. Matthew 13, verse 11. And he said unto them, Because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. So let's just quickly look at the other six. Uh, number two, the mysteries of the kingdom. Matthew I mean Mark 4:11 Mark 4:11 and he said unto them unto you it is not to to know the mystery the mystery of the kingdom of God but unto them that are without all these things are done in parables verse number 3 mystery of Israel's um, blindness Romans 11:25 and this is very 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 um, significant to this study so let's just quickly go to Romans 11.25 together. Romans 11.25 For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of the mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceit. That the blindness is in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles becoming. Hmm. Uh, okay, let me just let me let me dwell a bit on on this one. So there is a fullness of Gentiles. There is there is a complete. There is a number. I mean, there is a number God is looking for. Once that number is complete, in terms of the saved Gentiles, which means the saved non-Jews, bam, rapture occurs and Israel's eyes will be opened. Remember, I said um, in the last two episodes, I think that there in systematic theology in some theo- in, in some uh, uh, seminaries. Israelology is a is a is a topic on its own, and and people study that the people have there are people that have the point of view that Israel as a physical nation has a very significant agenda in the in the in the end time calendar. 
so and this is one of it this is one of the scriptures that support things like that let me just list all the other ones we can just check the check them out uh, check the scriptures out because of time the mystery of rapture that's first corinthians 15 51 uh, the bible says behold i tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the last trumpet shall sound and the dead catch christ has rise first and we that are alive will be cut up to be with the lord in the air okay number five the mystery of his will ephesians 1 9 the number six the mystery of christ and the church ephesians 5 32 um and number seven the mystery of the gospel uh you can write this down ephesians 3 4 colossians 1 26 to 27 then colossians 4 3 ephesians 3 4 colossians 1 26 to 27 and then colossians 4 verse 3 Number eight, I mean, the mystery of iniquity, 2 Thessalonians 2, 7. Number nine, the mystery of God and Christ, Colossians 2, 2. Number 10, the mystery of faith, that's 1 Timothy 3, 9. Uh, then number 11, I think I'm in number 11 now, the mystery of godliness, that's 1 Timothy 316 number 12 the mystery of the seven star and the golden lampstands revelations 120 number 13 the mystery of babylon the mystery of babylon the great that's revelation 17 5 number 14 the mystery of the harlot revelation 17 7 uh, luckily we're still going to talk about this too um then okay so i think that's that's all the mysteries i've got in my notes 14 of them so uh, please do read uh, all those uh, scriptures all those verses um at your own personal study hallelujah so um okay so let's go to chapter 11 quickly let's go to chapter 11 and we'll end the episode for today okay verse 1 of chapter 11 i'm reading niv i was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told go and measure the temple of god and the altar and its worshippers but exclude the outer court do not measure it because it has been given to the gentiles they will trample on the holy city for 42 months okie dokie so let's look at um, cross-reference daniel 9 27 and revelation 6 1 to 2 daniel 9 27 and he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week and in the midst of one week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease and for the overspeeding overspreading of the abomination it shall make it desolate even unto the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate okay um this is actually talking about i wish i could if uh, please read in other versions but it's talking about um uh, the man or the world ruler i won't i won't call him antichrist for now i would let you know in the in maybe next or two one or two chapters um so the world ruler is going to make a peace he's going to make a peace treaty with israel 
uh, and that's what the Bible says in, in Daniel 9 27. It will co- co- confirm a covenant with many for one week. Uh, when we talk about Daniel 70 weeks, I remember we said uh, one week is a representative of seven years. Uh, so one day is a representative of one year. So it's going to make a covenant for seven years. And in the midst of the week, that's halfway through, it will break that covenant. It will cause the sacrifice to cease. And measuring and looking at chapter 11 now the angel asks them to measure the temple but leave the outer court because it has been given unto gentiles and they will tramp upon they will trample upon uh, the holy city now let's go to uh, revelation i mean revelation 6 1 um and i saw the lamb open one of the seals and i heard the noise of thunder and four beasts saying come and see and i behold a white horse he who sat on him at a bow and a crown and was given unto him and they went forth conquering and to conquer so we can see that this is a political ruler or an influential person in world politics according to uh, revelation chapter 6 and also in that daniel chapter chapter 9 verse 27 that's what's going to happen in the the final seven years of the world uh, according to daniel 70 weeks so the ruler this ruler will come and form an alliance with, with with Israel to rebuild the temple, but we'll break the alliance halfway, and we'll, 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 we'll trample it. And we need to, if I can just take, because uh, please pardon us if this goes beyond 30 minutes today, uh, because I, I want us to quickly do a bit of, go a little bit back um, uh, in history here. Jerusalem was conquered in 70 AD, and the temple was destroyed. Uh, Jesus predicted that the temple would be destroyed. Uh, people were captured, but the city itself wasn't destroyed. Uh, in 130 AD, a Roman emperor gave an order uh, that Jerusalem should be totally destroyed, destroyed and plowed under. I mean, everything, houses, whatever, totally destroyed. So, as we speak, the dome in Jerusalem is is standing on the site of Solomon's temple and was built by Muslims. So the outer courts given to the Gentiles. As we speak, there's a dome standing on the site of the of Solomon's temple. Yes, there's a wailing wall that the Jews go to prayer. That's the, according to uh, to archaeologians. That the archaeologists, so, sorry. That is the last uh, uh, part of Solomon's of the temple that is still standing. But the outer court has been given unto Gentiles. So now a world ruler will rise and be on the side of Israel <laughs> to help them rebuild the temple on the original site, reclaiming their heritage. Ladies and gentlemen, this is happening now. This is happening now. So these Gentiles are to trample upon the holy city, the whole of Jerusalem this time, for exactly 42 months. And if you've been looking at this timing, this timing, 42 months, three and a half years, 1,260 days, is giving us exact, exact number of days, exact timing this time. So in Daniel chapter 9 and Daniel 11, the Bible confirms that the ruler... The world ruler, who we normally call Antichrist, I won't call him Antichrist 
not yet you understand uh, when we go to next uh, one or two chapters we broke a seven year deal with israel but break it halfway that's three and a half years another conf another confirmation so let's just keep that in the cooler and go to the next verse that's um, chapter 11 revelations chapter 11 verse 3 um, because he's talking about another thing so verse 3 chapter 11 verse 3 and i will appoint my two witnesses okay we went from temple to two witnesses let's let's let's, let's go ahead i will appoint my two witnesses and they will prophesy for 1260 days the same duration the same number of of of, of time days or years 1260 days clothed in sackcloth they are the two olive trees and the two lampstands and they stand before the lord of the earth so 1260 days converting to years is also three and a half years so who are these two witnesses um a bit of speculation here and there um and why two witnesses let's let's maybe we should start with that why two witnesses in the torah uh remember that john is is jew uh, is also the people around the, in the church at that time were mostly uh, more of Jews. Yes, the Gentiles were being preached to, but they were still there were a lot of Judaizers. Judaizers in those days were um, Gentiles or people who are non-Jews but who believe in Yahweh, who believe who were expecting the coming of 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 the Messiah. Because if you look at uh, the book of Acts, Acts chapter two, when the Holy Spirit filled the the apostles, and the Bible says they were speaking in other tongues and everybody around the, the house could hear them speak in their own languages so if they could speak in other people's languages which means the people that are there are not just jews because if they're speaking hebrew or aramaic uh, that won't be a, a miracle so which means a lot of people and it was passover a lot of people came from all over the world to jerusalem for passover so those are Judaizers. They, they they believe in Yahweh, the God of Israel. They've been reading the scrolls and the scriptures, and they know that the Messiah is coming. So, so, um, so in I, I said all those because so that we understand that John was speaking to people who understood the Torah, who understood the Jewish law. So in the Torah, there needs to be at least two witnesses for it, for the truth of a thing to be established. And Torah is, is the law of Moses. So, cloth in sackcloth. Sackcloth, or uh, the Bible says, uh, blessed are the poor in the spirit. Uh, that's, that shows uh, a sign of a ministry of repentance, in my own opinion. So, cloth in sackcloth, that's a ministry of repentance. And they possibly have been appearing, uh, possibly at transfiguration, at the ascension. Now, at the transfiguration, yeah, Peter, uh, the Bible says, oh, it was uh, two, it was uh, uh, Moses and Elijah. But at the asc at the ascension, let's read, let's read Acts uh, one nine to ten, Acts one nine to ten, at the ascension of Jesus, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and the clouds received him out of their sight. Verse ten. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. While we're going to Sunday school, children department, yeah, we 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 do. We were told that it was two angels, but the Bible says there were two men. So probably, probably these two witnesses have been appearing in history. 
they've been appearing ministry two men not two angels two men let's look at um, luke 24 4 to 5 luke 24 verses 4 to 5 and it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout behold two men stood by them in shining garments and they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth and said to them why seek ye the living among the dead not angels this time Luke reported this as two men so they came to report uh, 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 they, they came to report the, the resurrection they were also there to comfort the apostles at the ascension automatically called them angels uh, but let's look at the transfiguration story uh, Matthew when he was reporting this particular uh, uh, one we just read in Luke called them two angels but let's look at the ascension story That's let's take Matthew's um, account Matthew 17 1 to 8 is, a, is, a, is quite a read uh, Matthew 17 uh, let me quickly read that and after six days Jesus partake, uh, uh, Jesus take, take Peter, James and John and his brother uh, bringing them into the high mountain and the and he was transfigured before them and his face did shine as the sun and his raiment was as white as the light and behold they appeared unto them moses and elijah talking with him then peter answered and said unto jesus lord it is good for us to be here if thou wilt let us make here three tabernacles one for thee one for moses and one for elijah while he was yet spake behold a bright cloud overshadowed them and behold a voice come out of the cloud which said this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased ye, hear ye him and when the disciples heard it they fell on their faces and were so afraid and jesus came and touched them and said arise be not afraid and when they lifted up his eyes they saw no man save jesus alone so i'm going to also read mark 9 verse 2 to 6 after six days jesus took peter james and john and led them onto the mountain and they were alone and they transfigured and he transfigured before them his clothes became as dazzling and white whiter than anyone could bleach them and they appeared before him elijah and moses who were talking with jesus peter said rabbi it is good for us so again um how did the disciples know that it was Elijah and Moses. So we've confirmed now that they mentioned Elijah and Moses. How come they were this specific? How come? Why didn't they say Isaiah and maybe David? How? Why Elijah and Moses? Now let's look at this. The Jews are expecting three people. All through the Old Testament, all through the New Testament, even the Jews right now are expecting three people. They're expecting the Messiah, Malachi 3, 1 to 6. They're expecting Elijah, that's Malachi 4, verse 5 and 6. And they're expecting Moses, Deuteronomy 18, 15 to 19. Please read those. The Jews are expecting these three people. So, okay, maybe we should, we should, because uh, this is going to get above 30 minutes. Please bear with me. Let me let's just quickly look look at that. Um, let's Let's read them. Let's read them so that we 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 can okay malachi 3 1 to 1 okay let me read malachi 3 behold i will send my messenger and shall prepare the way before me the lord and the lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight and behold 
it shall come, said the Lord of hosts. But who may abide on the day of the Lord's coming, and who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. And he shall sit at a refiner's purifier silver, and he purifies his sons, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. They that may offer unto the Lord an offering, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering of in righteousness, then shall the offspring of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord, as in the days of old and in the former years. And I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against the false swearers, against those that oppress the healing in his wages, and the widow and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his rights and fear me not, said the Lord of hosts, for I am the Lord, I change it not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. So that is that so that is um, 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 the promise of of that is the promise of the Messiah of the Messiah coming that they're expecting that a ruler or someone that will be their king coming um, at that time. Okay. So uh, Malachi four five Malachi four five to six. And behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Remember in chapter 3 of Malachi, we just talked about the day and the day and great and dreadful day of the Lord. So they expect Elijah to come before um, 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 the Messiah. And even some in a lot of places um, in the Gospels where the uh, disciples went to ask Jesus that. But the, why do our teachers tell us that Elijah must come before uh, uh, Messiah. So, verse 4, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and it shall turn the heart of fathers to children, and the heart of children to their fathers, lest I come to smite the earth with a curse. So, they're expecting, the, the Eli, as in, Elijah is prophesied to come back before the dreadful, the great and dreadful day of the Lord. We'll come to that great and dreadful day of the Lord. So what would be his description? To His job description is to turn the heart of fathers to sons. Um, <clears throat> okay. Let's quickly go to Deuteronomy 18.15. Deuteronomy 18.15. So, and I will raise thy God, and, and the Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from among thee, from um, from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me. That this is Moses' uh, uh, valedictory speech to the country, to the nation of Israel, like unto me. And each and him he shall hearken according to all that all that thou desirest of the Lord in Horeb, for in the day of the Lord's assembly, saying, Let me hear your word, O Lord. So this is this is what the Israel, I mean, the Israelites. Hold on to to believe that yes, Elijah is coming back, and yes, um, Moses is coming back. So these two witnesses, um, whom we have suggested likely to be Moses and Elijah for certain reasons, and I will list them later, they were to prophesy for three and a half years. Um, they are to prophesy for three and a half years. Uh, verse five. Verse 5, if anyone tries to harm them, 
<clears throat> fire comes from their mouth and devours them and devours their enemy. This is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. Now, this is a lovely power to have. I mean, if you just come here, just speak and fire comes out from my mouth. I mean, that's, that would be good to have. <laughs> Verse 6. They have power to shut the heavens so that it will not rain during the time they are prophesying. So for three and a half years, there's not going to be rain. That's what, the, that's what the Bible is saying. And they have power to turn water into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want. Okay. Lovely power. So they have power to call down fire from heaven their enemies, to seize rain for the whole time of their prophecy, to turn water into blood and to cause plagues upon the earth at, at, at will. These are four things. And what is one of the reasons why some schools of thought, and I belong to that school of thought as well, believe that these are likely going to be um, Elijah and Moses. Because these two people have this uh, modus operandi. Uh, Elijah called, caused, caused fire from heaven at will, uh, shot heaven for three and a half years and there was no rain in Israel. Uh, Moses turned water into, into blood and called down several plagues uh, in Egypt. So. There may be it may be Moses and Elijah, it may not be Moses and Elijah. That's not the that's not the um, bone of contention. But these guys are going to be around and they're going to prophesy for three and a half years. Okay. So let's go to verse seven. Let's continue from verse seven, chapter eleven, verse seven. And when they had finished their testimony, the beast will come from the beast that comes. From up from the abyss, we attack them and overpower them and kill them. No one can overcome you. I'm telling you, no one can overcome these people until they were through their assignments. And this is same as you. This is same as the church. Nobody can overcome the church until we are through with our assignment, until we finish our assignment, until we are through with our assignment. Nobody can touch you. Nobody can harm you until God says, yes, your assignment is done. Uh, we're going to stop here for today. Uh, we'll take it from uh, verse 8 in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in. Let's just say a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for the much you've allowed us to learn. We ask that Lord, you make us ready for your coming in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.